Howl at the Moon Wolf Pack, it's the Digital Wolf Podcast with Jessica, Shelby, and Moose. Now kicking off this episode, here's Moose. This episode of Digital Wolf Podcast is brought to you by Sutton's Borough of Rochester, and as always, by WROI Giant FM. So, Adams. So, Paul. POTUS 2, as you're referred to in the trading post. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm John Adams, and I work at WROI, and I'm on a podcast that Paul does. Yeah. And I don't know what to talk about. I'm nervous. Tell us about yourself. Um, what got you into radio? I like long walks on the beach. What got me into radio? I have no idea. Um, I think from the time that I was a little kid, I wanted to be on the radio. There is a the first reference I can remember to being wanting to be on the radio. There is a... Christmas 1984 video floating around that my mother took of me on my tricycle on my Fisher Price cassette deck and a fake antenna talking into Christmas songs. So it's always been there, is basically what you're saying. Pretty much. Uh, Then after that, it morphed into my dad giving me a uh, TEC A150 cassette deck, which had VU meters on it. And if you're a radio nerd, you have to have VU meters. She's looking at me like, wow. But it's true. What, what, tell us what it is. It's a VU meter. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, like what we have here on the board. So your actual like meters but, you for know, something. Oh, okay. People aren't seeing this, so you got to explain this to them. Well, I, th- I just assumed everybody. <laughs> I guess it is a podcast, I'm thinking. Uh, but it's it a new it, medium for me. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it, 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 had, it had meters on it. So that was cool. So, But it also had, because it was from the 70s. Yeah. So it had a mic input. So I had a mic line mixer on it. It was two little knobs. So what I was able to do was plugged in a Sony CD player on one input, and then I had a mic on the other one, and that's I would intro songs. Yeah. And then it morphed into pirate radio uh, thereafter. Mm-hmm. I've heard some of your sound checks from your pirate radio days. Some are interesting. Some are pretty bad. Most are actually pretty bad if I go back and listen to them. Um, yeah, and why were they bad? Well, sometimes. Well, the first pirate. Well, the first. The first ones were. Well, I was young. I hadn't. You know, I was about eight octaves higher than I am now. Um, the the later ones were. Uh, they we could have you know been enjoying a uh, adult beverage of some variety now. Mm-hmm. We started off okay. We hit a point where we were doing pretty good, and then it kind of just went downhill from there. Yeah. But there were several versions of Pirate Radio Station. So where was your first real radio job? Coyote Country in McCook, Nebraska at age 15 doing weekends. I had bugged them and bugged them and bugged them, and they finally hired me. Uh, Station is still there, still Coyote Country. It used to be a rock station. I don't remember who bought it. Uh, but they came and flipped it to country, and then I, they gave me a job doing weekends, Saturday and Sundays from noon to six. So you're from Nebraska? Uh, I grew up there. Okay. Born in California. Gotcha. My parents were, well, my mom was in Hawaii. She lived there for years. My dad was on the West Coast. They met. I was born in Lake Tahoe, and then they moved out there when I was a little guy. Hmm. So I grew up there. About as exciting as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your yeah. podcast. John Adams, everybody. Uh, so uh, you moved on from Coyote Country. Uh, well, at, yeah, it was Coyote Country we were talking about the mm-hmm. other day where you had to back time everything. That know. was a KFNF. Oh, okay. So at 18, I was a program director at KFNF, which, uh, again, is a station that is still there. Another country station. Well, that was a different... 
that was a little bit different world because that was a couple of Sony CD players and a turntable. Um, this was a 98. That was basically what I had to do there was it was a mix of classic at the time, classic country and current country or current country at the time and classic country. And it was basically that's where I learned a lot about music, especially with the classic country stuff, because I was, you know, playing Eddie Arnold and the cattle call on vinyl. I mean, this was a radio station. And again, it's still in the same place, six miles west of Oberlin, Kansas, which makes this whole area look like we're in the midst of a mighty metropolis. This station was literally in a <laughs> cornfield. I, I multiple times had to honk and bump cattle sl- slightly with my bumper to get out of the driveway to get back on the highway. More than once that happened. I'm not exaggerating. And I, I remember that being humorous because this is a 100,000-watt station, so you you had fantastic coverage, but predominantly we were broadcasting to cows. And, you know, I am playing, you know, some Ronnie Millsap song, and I look out, and there's 30 head of cattle in the station's yard. So yeah. I did that for a couple of years. So how'd you make your way to Indiana? Needed to get out of Nebraska, let's say. I'd worn out my welcome. Um, my parents were, well, my mother rather was out here. She still is out here. Uh, my dad had moved back to Nebraska at that point, but I remember seeing, uh, different radio stations that were hiring. I looked on the Indiana Broadcasters Association website, WRSW in Warsaw. I was looking for an overnight person. I applied for it and I hounded the general manager there for months about that job. I came home one day after like literally two or three months of calling them daily <laughs> asking if they had made a decision and Patrick Brown was the general manager at that time saying hey this is Patrick Brown I'm in Warsaw Indiana WRSW I think I have some good news for you John give me a call and I called him and they offered me the position so I threw everything that I could fit into that cougar out there mm-hmm. and left with a couple hundred bucks and everything I could fit in that car to work at WRSW overnight for 10 bucks an hour and then you made your way what was it seven years later to WROI Ten years later? No, it was four. Oh. I came here. You were here. at RSW a lot longer than you were. No, I was a budget cut in 09 after the oh. financial crisis. Uh, they cut me in May of 09. They cut several of us. I got cut. My brother was, I'd hired my brother to do on-air work. They got rid of me and put him on the air for eight bucks an hour. So <laughs> I was, kind of did my thing for about a year. Did some work for Brian Walsh, who owns radio stations up there, WIOE, um, which at the time Not was- our a, Brian Walsh. Different no. Brian Walsh. <laughs> yeah, lots of Brian Walshes. Lots of Walshes in the area. He, uh, WIOE at the time was in LPFM. It's now gone to a full service signal at 101.1, and he's bought other radio stations in Fort Wayne. He's in the process of buying some other stations. Uh, continued to do some work for him. I program one of his uh, CHR radio stations, half for a period of time. But that's kind of what, anyway, getting ahead of myself. But I had um, Worked for him part-time in between full-time work. He was engineering for this radio station for WROI. And that was how I met Tom and Sue, who owned this radio station at the time. Uh, their boy was working for a Matt Bear, who's now working at WIBC in Indianapolis. Doing traffic. Doing reports. traffic. And um, he was getting ready to leave to go do that. And they needed somebody to replace him. And I applied. And that's how I, I got hired on here. And that was in uh, summer of 2010. Yeah. Flash forward ten years, you're back. I am. I'm, yeah. I'm back. Yeah, be ten. Yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be ten years ago. That happened already. So yeah, came back. Uh, hit you up for some work after another layoff in uh, the fall, and then came back doing some small part time stuff, which has morphed into a now full time position back here. And you know, you and I always joke. Uh, 
you hired me to be part-time and then i became full-time and now i hire you to be part-time and you, you became be, full-time yeah you and i have joked about that because sometimes when you have a frustrating day around here i'll, I'll be like boy aren't you really glad that you respond <laughs> or i responded to that email or you sent me that email yeah yeah because i heard you to to do board op and then this 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 move with the new ownership has been fantastic for you as mm-hmm. you moved up to operations manager so then the tables turned so i'm hitting him up going hey man <laughs> same thing i was doing to you got any work <laughs> And here we are. Uh, so. Maybe not not right now, but let me see what we got. And then, you know. Started see. off as doing a little board work and, and helping out with some small stuff. And and, and uh, here it's, here it's turned it into this. Then it morphed into games and Friday Night Rocks. And then it morphed into the morning show. And then it morphed into full time. And it's surreal being back <laughs> on the air here. Um, I didn't leave in the, uh, the best of terms, let's <laughs> say, uh, without going into too many details. So the fact that I'm. It was not against the radio station. It was just time for me to move on. Uh, previous ownership was upset with how I left. That's fine. Everybody has an opinion on that on that mm-hmm. particular situation. I felt really bad about leaving. I felt like I'd left the station uh, and the listeners in a lurch. Um, there was a lot of stuff that I was doing by hand. My to to Tom and Sue's credit, um, they let me be creative on the air across the board. Um, a lot of the ideas that I had, I just kind of ran with. They. They allowed me to do my thing. I had, obviously, a lot of responsibility, got that stuff done, and then my fun time was the creative side of it, music, scheduling, imaging, the ride at five, stuff that I was allowed to do. And once they got comfortable with me and knew that everything I was doing was for the greater good, I made some decisions earlier, some on-air programming music decisions that made them nervous. But once Tom understood what I was doing, they let me, they let me run with it. And I was always really appreciative of that. I don't know, and I didn't think that I would ever come across anybody that would allow me to do that again. And I sure as heck never thought, oh, okay, this will happen at this radio station again. I really thought it was behind me. I thought, there's no way. You can't put me in a structured environment. It doesn't work. You can't put me at a station no. in Fort Wayne or Indianapolis and play in the weekend and pink. and Or if you're at a classic rock station, if I got to play Sweet Home Alabama, no, that's not going to work. If you if I got if I can't throw in some different songs or talk about the music or be a smart ass or just do whatever whatever it is I do, it I I fall on my I, I fall down. I here was such and such join us as we broadcast live at Bob Evans Toyota. I can't do that. <laughs> I really can't. But that's what but that is the business. That's what most jocks are supposed to do and I appreciate that. And frankly, because I can't go along with the program, it has kept me in small markets. Yeah. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm a management nightmare for a lot of, because I don't want to leave the playlist alone because I, I'm trying to capitalize on listenership and trying to throw something different to it. And again, you can't take what we've done or what I've done here at WROI for years and do that in a bigger town. It doesn't work. You can't have as a radio station that is playing Pantera at night and church programming on Sunday mornings in a bigger town. I, but right. a little town like this, a, a small community like this, you can be full service. And depending on how you put the programming together, it does work. In my opinion, mm-hmm. there would be music consultants out there and in management that, if they heard this, their head would spin. Living in a small town, it definitely gives us all an opportunity to be creative and have our freedom to create our own paths and our own businesses. And, and I understand. It, I, I like the idea of being in a small town, like you said, like Pantera at night. And then, you know, there well, are, and, and, and there that, that was the thing. Audience, and that was know? the thing before when, when, when the station was a quote unquote classic hits. I started kind of morphing different stuff into the 90s. 
so but that may mean i may play the y store that may i i may you love the y store i i may play hey, chris you know i may play a james mcmurtry i may put i mean there was stuff that i was trying to mix in now was it like stuff stuff you played all the time no but you mixed it in but between familiar songs even if it was a big head taught in the monster something there was some variety of stuff that i was trying to to mix in and and make people go oh cool and the same with the ride at five even if you played some of the 80s hairband stuff it was a kicks if it was a crocus if it was you know except people would be like oh wow i haven't heard that even if you played bob marley there was two or three of those that you had in there that you would mix in on a Friday or something like that at the end of the hour. And you'd always get a call from somebody going down Highway 30 that would be like, holy crap, I haven't heard that on the radio in 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. You can't play it all the time, but the idea was to mix it up and and give them something different to listen to. Mm-hmm. And and to, to the new ownership's credit, while the format has changed and the music has progressed, they are still allowing me to what I would commonly refer to around here as run amok. They're allowing me to mix stuff up in the morning. Um, am I am I going completely off the rails? Yeah, maybe sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. But you know, uh, I I don't think so. There's stuff I'm not going to play, but you know, I, but if I could, but I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I played Johnny Horton the Battle of New Orleans the other morning. So you never you yeah. never know. It's it's. I mean, this is this is what they call a an adult hit station now. But I'm trying to. The, it's it's a more of a kind of a conservative audience in the morning. They want the classic hits, the classic rock stuff. So I've been trying to incorporate some of that. You know, if it's a Led Zeppelin, if it's a Skinner, if it's a Kenny Wayne Shepherd, it's Foreigner. You get the idea. Try to make some of that stuff in Bob Seger, and and let off of the the quarter hotter music and let that be for the afternoon crowd. But again, try to mix it up. And, and but I'm but I'm good at at throwing a curveball in there, and <laughs> and I will. I have had. Scott asked me a couple times, what are we playing? When he said Horton Heat, I knew that. <laughs> he loved he, that, though. I, that was him. That's all him. But it's, it, it, so it's, it's, but, you know, but but if I do get a moment where I do want to go completely off the rails, that's what Friday Night Rocks is for. That's what I was going to say. Tell us a little more about how that came together. Well, <laughs> I was in here, what was it, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, and we were all hanging out, putting this yeah. new computer in, and... Your new best friend. Yeah, Scott and I were... Sounding each other out, you know, because I'm just, you know, and again, going back to my departure here with it not leaving on the best of terms, Scott had heard some things about me. So he was, if he was concerned about me, he never, he never vocalized it, but he was, I think, sounding me out. Okay. So, you know, and I, so, but, but we, we've always got along pretty well. Scott's pretty good. He knows how to put up with me for one. He <laughs> lets me do my thing. And if I don't do something I'm not supposed to, he's just, okay, John, he's real chill. So we were talking about stuff and I don't remember how the ride at five got brought up and he was asking some questions about that. Okay. So how did that work? What were you doing? The music? He thought it was a little crazy to go outside of that for outside of the station's format at that day part. But I kind of told him what we were doing and somehow I said something about, well, let's do it again, like on a Friday night. And he goes, well, he goes, get some music together, do this, and maybe get some sponsorship for it. And he goes, let's do it. And I went, are you serious? And that's kind of how it, it came to be. So it took a couple months to get everything put together. We had to make some equipment changes in here. So I had, because <laughs> none of that stuff is in this computer, the music. So I've got, we had to make some changes so I could play CDs. And mm-hmm. so here it is. Did, um, 
did you guys reach out for sponsorships or did you reach out to Matt knowing Matt or the, at the Reddit I farm? Had, I had somebody that I had reached out to um, that was part of the Ride at Five prior uh, that we were playing local bands on. Mm-hmm. They represent okay. them. Um, we'd had those bands come in here and play in the studio. We'd done, we had done multiple uh, big things with them, played their music regularly on the ride. They performed in here. We, in fact, we did a, in fact, I think the last Round Barn Festival, there's still pictures floating around on Facebook of all of us in here. So they uh, they were their production company, marketers, however you want to word it, they were part of it. So I reached out to them if they wanted to sponsor it. Uh, Rick was paying for that stuff out of his pocket. Uh, things got slow at work. He had to come off of it, so that's when I hit up Matt. Mm-hmm. And he was all about it. So what it's allowed him to do is play local artists, he submits stuff to me, stuff I'm not aware of, stuff okay. that's on failure records and tapes, um, his bands or other that he knows around the area. So that's kind of because he doesn't have anything necessarily to advertise right now because you guys are closed. Right. Um, that's what he's been doing. And then this past Friday night, like he came in and 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 jocked with me. To that, to Scott's credit, it's been total creative control. Whatever I want to say, whatever I want to play. Whatever I want to do, obviously, you know, follow the FCC rules, but mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. If I want to play anything, however I want to do it, um, when it came to even the advertising part, the promotional part of it, he let me set up the rates, everything. So that two hours is 100% mine, no questions asked. Okay. It's at 10? Yeah. Okay. Friday nights, 10 to midnight, 10 cool. to midnight-ish. I think we got we wrapped up 1230, I think, this Friday night because we were- You go anywhere from 10 to midnight to 10 to 2. Well, don't run that. 12, 12.30 <laughs> this last Friday night was as long as we've ever ran. But, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look what we played. I always post a playlist on the Friday Night Rocks Facebook page. Yep. But it was anywhere from, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. From Romstein to <laughs> the Ramones to Morbid Angel. I mean, it was all over the place. So, But that's, but that's kind of the idea behind it, is it's supposed to be strange and weird. Matt has this... I used to do that on the ride at five. Right, yeah. Matt, his best memory of me was is he kicked it on one night, and there was a guy that put a record out in the 70s called Music to Grow Plants to, and it was a very, very soft, like you're supposed to play it for your plant. So I, I don't remember how I came across it, but I played it on the ride at five and at, at all of it. <laughs> and he remembers me doing this all these years later, you know. And it's it was a really really goofy look. In fact, I used the photo from the record as a cover photo on my Facebook page eons ago. But he, it was this silly, just cheesy seventies on top of it being cheesy music for your plants. And I remember setting it up and coming out of, I don't know, God knows, Seether or something like that. Oh, by the way, here, check this out. But I used to do stuff like that. The whole idea was to try to get people to laugh. And have them look at the radio at least once a day and go, what in the hell is he doing? And the thing that I always liked about the Ride at Five was people always told me, if I hate the song you're playing, I'm not going to change it because I want to know what you're going to do next. Where so often if we hear a song we hate, oh crap, we change it. Do we come back? Not necessarily because if we get on something else. So I always took that as probably one of the biggest compliments of when I was doing the ride. But because I was, even if, even if we were doing like, I don't know, like April Fool's stuff. I There was one time on April Fool's on the ride at five. I didn't say a word, and I just dead-segged from Christmas music to rap to country to old gospel to death metal, and 
I put this weird thing that said the station had been taken over by zombies on her RDS display, <laughs> put the phones on hold. I heard about that for a month, you know. And to Tom and Sue's credit, they allowed me to do that and never questioned it. And we sold it. We had sponsorships for it. So, but who's going to allow you to do that? College radio on a commercial band and a commercial owned station. You're not allowed to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And anybody that I tell in the business that's been in radio for years, they think they let you do that. So to some extent, Scott's allowing me to do this again. Stuff that I never thought in a bajillion years that I would be doing again or, and definitely not at this station. I would have thought I would have become the president of the United States before that would have happened. <laughs> you were your POTUS. Too. Well, yeah, a couple hundred, <laughs> couple hundred, 220 years ago I was, but yeah. you know, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's different working here now, but it's not, you know. So what are the main differences between Tom and Sue versus Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I want Stork back. I want our classic hits back. Can I say all that? No. I, that's yeah. something that, I would like to pipe in about because I I love the classics and I'm not into pop radio, pop music. I I don't I mean I understand what the time is and I understand the changes, but I feel like we're not in this town. There's not a lot of teenagers listening to the radio station. I was not listening to the radio station, and when I did, it was classic rock and it's something that I enjoyed. I, the new the new music, the, it's I'm not a fan. <laughs> not at all like i just like my classics i like rock music and I, I sometimes it it does i mean to be honest it does discourage me a little bit from listening to the radio i will change it a lot of times because of that i mean that's just not an opinion i know it's not in anybody's um i and and frankly that would be probably one of the bigger things that i have heard it, 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 tom and sue decided to change it what about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. i heard the change uh, and I re- it was a year when we flipped this so it was, yeah, so coming up on two years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm no, I don't know, but I remember when it flipped, and I'm sitting there at home, and you know, obviously I hadn't been involved with the station for a while at that point, but it was still like, okay, when I heard Ariana Grande play for the first time, and I heard Taylor Swift, and mm-hmm. I still have old music logs that are in here from what I was doing, and it's kind of surreal to look at them because you're like, wow, because to me, I thought the station was on point. Sure. Um. I know, I know they, the town gets hit as a retirement town as well, so I feel like maybe that's part of the changes. But And I, I like a variety of music. I mean, not saying that I, and they, that I don't to like their, pop, but I don't like a lot of the newer pop. Well, yeah, and, and, and to their credit, they are allowing me some extent to work music. I'm getting ready to work with the guy that's programming it because, again, I, have a, I do have a programming background to go, hey, look, there is stuff like guest artist a Nicki minaj or something like that <laughs> that stuff can run at night you know i don't Wiz khalifa or something like that i don't need that stuff at seven or eight o'clock in the morning right <laughs> not at all right yeah um, like that's i actually those are both artists that i do enjoy but like you said that's but it, but it's something. but and in radio you have day parts Okay, so I don't, and I, I no, won't, I won't, yeah. I won't bore you to death. But so when you're <laughs> scheduling music, you have us, you have your six to ten, ten to three, three to seven, seven to midnight, then overnights. Okay. So what they call a standard day part, and a lot of radio stations will day part music because your audience is different at night. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's a younger audience. So, like this Megan Trainer, like I'm gonna lose you. That's a real soft light song that could play during the day. Now you have hot AC. 
AC and CHR. Okay, mm-hmm. that's three variables of pop music. AC stations generally won't play that stuff, or there's a version without the rap part. For instance, one way, one song that I could use, for example, is Girls Like You. A lot of stations will not play the Cardi B part. They just yeah. have Adam's part. The guest, the guest artist, the rap part of it, whatever, is left out for like a U93 because that's considered top 40 or CHR. Okay. So they're a hotter mix. Then you've got urban top 40 that takes it another step further. A lot of that is the quote unquote hip hop. But there's a ton of crossover in all of these in all in all of these formats. So a lot of people, the audience doesn't understand necessarily the difference. What is considered alternative now is very pop-driven. There's a lot of crossover into AC and hot AC from the alternative charts, but not necessarily top 40 like U93. Maybe Lovely the Band, uh, maybe A Killers, uh, Portugal the Man, stuff like that will cross over, but for the most part, it stays out of top 40, but does cross over into into hot AC. That Billy Joe Armstrong cover, I think we're alone now. That was hot on alternative. It's not being played on top 40, but hot AC is. Has to, and I still, all these years in it, the science still doesn't completely make sense to me. I suppose if I was working in a top 20 station and dealing with A&R guys and, and I was on the call with, I was on the phone with label execs and they're pushing the spins and the ads and I'm reporting to media base, I might understand it better, but because I've never done that, I, know, I mean, I see the research, but to try to, ascertain what it all means and why yeah okay. i think i think we should be playing some more quote-unquote alternative but this is a pretty conservative area so i think so yes they have some of those crossovers but what's being currently played uh i don't know you know hmm. I, they're gonna they're gonna embrace nathaniel ratliff i'm playing some yeah. of that stuff in the morning <laughs> but i don't know because to me i think it's got a good a good feel to it mm-hmm. versus a guest, Nicki Minaj, I would rather play You Worry Me from Nathaniel Ratliff, but that's a that's that song tells a story. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that alternative formats are generally in an area that is progressive. I'm not trying to make a political statement, but no, there I'm but there is but there's a yeah. but there is a correlation to it. Yeah. Small there's a reason you don't come across alternative stations in small towns. Because Generally, it's a bunch of good old boys. Okay. I'm not knocking, but right. that's you. Well, we you, are in Indiana as well, too. <laughs> and and this is a very conservative town. It so is, if right. you were playing Charlie Daniels around the clock, you would be you're going to be much more well received over. Mm-hmm. The South's going to do it again, or something like that. Yeah, come on, Dan, we go to. You know. I mean, there is the stereotype, so you you kind of have to program classic hits, classic rock works with a conservative crowd because. Works with both audiences, frankly, but you get yeah. the you get the point when it comes to pop music. If all that makes sense, yeah, no, it's, college town it's stuff not. like that is why they'll have. But that's also why you get you. Then there's another breakdown of that format called AAA, which is adult album alternative. So that's like real deep cuts. That's new Tom Petty. That's new David Gilmore. That's new. That's Y Store. That's you know that is James McMurtry. That's it's it's bands guys that were huge in the seventies and eighties that are now on solo projects, that are still putting music out. They chart there. John Mayer, um, you know, he's had some music out in the last year. Some of that crossed over here, but it didn't get played a lot. But it was successful there. Album cuts. It's not radio edits as far as length goes. Um, 
but it's it's a very in-depth knowledge of music that I don't possess. You have to know what the guest vocalist was on this album that Elton John did, and he wrote this song, and who was the bass player on this B cut. You have to have that type of... But it's a very progressive format, but you got to get into Chicago, Indianapolis, before you start getting into uh, uh, those formats. That's a format if I could work, I would love to, but I don't possess the music knowledge. They look for a certain type of guy, and generally it's a pretty seasoned jock that's in his 60s or 70s that grew up and knows every Beatles and knows every Rolling Stones and knows every Beach Boys, and mm-hmm. this is what influenced this, and this is what this did, and as music progressed in the 80s and 90s. I mean, there's some quote-unquote mainstream songs in there. You'll get a Collective Soul or a Soundgarden or something like mm-hmm. that, but a lot of the singer-songwriter stuff, John Prine, stuff like that back in the... R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. So, but see, but here, I I did that one morning. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to play John Prine. So after we lost John, I set it up because I used to play John Prine here. That was something that was in the regular mix. Okay. But it was, again, it was something I sprinkled in. But that morning after John had had passed, I went, all right, I got to figure out a way to to, to do something. But because of the format now, it had to be set up. So I came out of the 7 o'clock news. I talked about it. I talked about him being a singer-songwriter, his influence on me. My dad was a musician. So being a little guy digging through the records and remembering the album covers and then doing a little info, some background information on him, trying to explain who he was and how he tied in with artists that people may know, the, quote, mainstream artist. Okay. So then I played, you so know. you couldn't just play. You had to just you yeah. had to talk about it. But okay. but that's the positive of of Scott and Three Towers Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. So on a pop radio station, I found a way to play John Prine, mm-hmm. and nobody questioned me for it. Yeah. Also found a way to play uh, Bad Company 2.0. Yeah, that, that kind of fits. Eh, yeah, I guess, but <laughs> in my mind, it's like two songs John, John, back to back. John Prine's a little pushing it, but mm-hmm. but again, you know, you know. So it was. It's just stuff like that. Okay. Even different Tom Petty, outside of his four songs that everybody knows from Full Moon Fever, <laughs> try to go a little bit deeper. The Traveling Wilburys, stuff like that, whether it's George Harrison or do some Roy Orbison or ELO stuff that ties in. ELO this morning. So it's it's ways to try to tie all that stuff in and you know and and I'm working music so kind of at night we're trying to get a little bit more of the nineties alternative stuff. Yeah. Outside of you know, might hear a cracker, might hear a radiohead, might hear, you know, so try to mix it up a little bit. Okay. I, I you know, I know what this 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 I know what my vision for the station would be if they let me just have it, but <laughs> Nobody's yeah. gonna. <laughs> uh, hey, David Musselman and I tried like hell to buy it, uh, and, and we couldn't make it work. I, we just didn't feel comfortable paying for what Tom was asking for it at the time. And now, given all the COVID nineteen stuff, I'm glad I'm not on the hook for it because it's obviously it's it's hit radio advertising really hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, we were just talking about that the other day. Just... Any other questions? I feel like I've been. No, no, I'm you're... rambling. No, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll just Paul's put you on gonna the have spot. a lot of editing to do on oh, this. Yeah. I normally do. I took uh, one time. I took a forty-five minute podcast and made it twenty-five. We did record a long time. Yeah, the other day, yeah. we're at thirty-five minutes. So, yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Make you think back to all those years ago. Why me? Why you? What? <laughs> Why'd you hire me to be a soundboard operator? Because oh. I didn't want to work Saturday nights. Oh, okay. So it wasn't because I, mean? I wasn't special. No, it's because he. 
I wasn't cool enough. No, but here was the thing, though. Let's give this guy in his 20s a chance to be on the radio. Well, I was, okay, straight up. I didn't want to freaking work Saturday nights anymore because that was the one night at the time that the girl I was seeing, I could, I could, that was when I was allotted. Um, so, well, we had a guy that was working here at the time that would text me 20 minutes before he was supposed to be here going, um, I can't make it in. And I'm in Warsaw at Walmart grocery shopping or something. And I got my sports guy going crazy because he's, hey man, we're ready to go on the air. And that happened multiple times. And I got real tired of it, so I called Paul and said, "Hey, you want to? You want to? You want to work?" Yeah, and of course. Uh, but then it turned into, but straight up, but then it turned into, you were reliable. You were doing a hell of a job. And all the times that Muss and I talked about what we were going to do with this, if we got our hands on it, and it was a conversation that we were having a lot because it was a serious dialogue, you were going to be an intricate part of it. I mean, because we were deciding who would stay, who would do what, who would we want to bring in, who was here that we would utilize in what fashion, but you were going to be an an incredibly huge part of it. I mean, you were going to be basically my right-hand guy. So that dialogue happened a thousand times. Yeah, and of course, you know, to be the smartass that I am, I'll never forget uh, the first night I was supposed to be up here shadowing you so you could teach me sent you an email uh hey peter pan's on at seven o'clock i'm not gonna be able to make it in i gotta watch peter pan you did that i did that and then i walked in the door and you're like i hate you i remember you doing that yeah because you thought i was serious until i walked in the door well you have had to deal with some equipment issues that i would have me and my particular brand of less than patient colorful dialogue definitely would have mm-hmm. pulled my hair out over but uh sometimes new equipment doesn't go as well as it's supposed to this has been a this has been a problem i think maybe we went through some issues this last friday maybe we got some stuff remedied but uh, i think we've already only got about one or two more problems that we need to work out of it this has been this has been a this has been a rough change, and it's been really hard on him. Um, this has not gone smooth going to this. Autom- when you change all your audio playback from one system to another, it's generally a pain in the ass, but it's generally a pain in the ass for three, four weeks to get all the bugs worked out. Fought him and this station left and right. Um, if I was an owner-operator and had the issues with this, this would have gotten pulled out, and we would have went to something else, and I would have canceled my contract with him. Um, because it, it just affects the overall product. Um, I had some dialogue with him the other day, and they were somehow it was my fault, and same thing he's done to him. Well, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, and I'm like, and he's been real patient, but every time you talk to these guys, it's, I don't know. Anyway! We don't talk about cars. We talk about the Cougar. Because the Cougar gets bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and I were joking about it on the air. There was a there's a gal. You, you ever heard of Typo Negative? I'm sure. Probably the band. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, her name is Kitty Synthetica. She's over in the UK. So she's doing these covers of Typo stuff. And she's just kind of one of those gals that, let's just say, piques my interest. And it's her style. It's her look. It's how she plays. She can sing. So Matt and I were on the air on Friday night. We're talking about different covers and different stuff. So I brought this up. I said, we had to play this stuff. So I hadn't watched her covers for, I don't know, three, four months. So we're playing them right off of YouTube on the air, and I'm watching this gal. And I was just like, 
So as soon as we're done, I'm on the air going. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> so Matt's getting all these messages like, man, tell that guy to calm down. So I was poking fun at myself. I was like, hey, my name's John. I'm in Rochester, Indiana. I've got an 89 Mercury Cougar with a private fender. I played your song on already. You want to go out sometime? And I said this on the air, and Matt goes, that's going to be a solid no. And I went, oh, I know. But, yeah. So this is uh, just me poking fun of myself. I am the butt of my own jokes most time on the yep. air. So, yep, no. Very true. We're not going to talk about anything. The cars. <laughs> I, I, I talked about the car this morning on the trading post. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's three people in the world that are interested in Mercury Cougars, and I'm one of them. So, you know, yep. nobody else cares. But it's interesting. So I talk about it like people give a crap. I don't know. It makes for good radio. Or it makes for really bad radio, and they change the channel. Or it makes for blow-ups in the bullpen. I would rather hear a jock be the the pre-programmed, joking aside, the pre-programmed, pre-fab jocks where you can tell the program director's got them locked down on what they're saying and doing. WMEE in Fort Wayne is a prime example of an incredibly corporate-sounding mm-hmm. plastic radio station. The jocks on there, they're talking like this, they're gulking WMEE. There's a guy by the name of Boomer that's on there, and that's exactly how he says stuff. WMEE! He talks like this. And I'm not exaggerating. And he's always talking really fast, and he's doing really cheesy bits, because they can't talk for longer than 15 seconds. There's a lot of stations that have, that's how, that's how they're dialed in. I'd rather hear some goober like me, that laid back, I'm having a beer with you approach, telling you some silly story, here's Boz Skaggs, than something like that. That's my opinion. I don't hear too much of that. And because of that, I am one that, for the longest time, I resisted a smartphone. Well, got a smartphone, I found apps. And guess what? I found the music I was looking for on there without some mindless jock. So there was a. I've embraced it. I can understand why there's a tune out to terrestrial radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 two menages of a playlist, and on top of it, I don't want to hear some plastic jock telling me nothing in between the records. I'd rather listen to a station with some variety, what they call sweep and seg, with nothing, with no jocks telling me something silly. Sweep and seg. Yes. If if you've got so like just your just your songs firing with like liners and stuff, mm-hmm. they refer to it as a sweeping and segging. Kind of the WROI Giant FM, and that's it. That's all you'll hear in that. Gotcha. Those those quick little those little things that tell you what the station are. Yeah, that's what they call they call liners, call imaging. Hmm, Nice. But I again, but the other part about it is for me at my core, what I want to hear is not on the FM dial. Um, I mean, some of it is, but I'm a '90s guy at heart. Clearly, Uh, I mean, you know, I'm 41, so when I really started getting into radio was like '90, '91. So I remember, you know, the first time I heard like Temple of the Dog or Pearl Jam or Soundgarden or something like that. So for me, I remember when Alice in Chains, Man of the Box, can play it on MTV. I remember watching that stuff when I got out of school. So those were my formative years. Now, while so much of that stuff is played, those core songs, there's a whole lot of artists that came from that era that were played that aren't anymore. Whether it's a belly, whether it's pavement, whether it's. That time back in the day when the TV outfield, used to not, play music videos. Yeah, so, but a lot of what I'm hardcore into was, you know, what was spoofed on Beavis and Butthead or Matt <laughs> Pinfield when he did 120 minutes, you know. And then I started getting to some of the Canadian guys, you know, the Matthew Good Band, the Tragically Hip, stuff like that. 
that I can find on some of these alternative playlists. Uh, there's Big R Radio is one that I use. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of cool because I'll hear a stereo MCs on there. Then they'll do the Chili Peppers. Then they'll do the Tragically Hip. Then they'll do an Even Flow. And then they'll play Starseed. So it's, it's not, it doesn't test well. There's nobody, even, even your alternative stations in Chicago, to hear a Mazzy star fade into you, no, you're not going to hear it. Anyway, go on for days. I'll show you. <laughs> so, but yeah, so, or the primitive radio guys, like that CD I bought when I was over the record farm, because I joked with, I joked with, I joked with Scott, it's going to be on your radio station, because for somebody to play that song, they had one song, standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand. Well, nobody plays it. Alternative radio doesn't even play it. But I'll find a way to sneak that stuff in. Can't do it all the time, but I will. Mm-hmm. And that is the stuff that I can do in the mornings that they don't question. They allow me to do. Whether the audience appreciates it or not, I I don't know. I know I do. I played the Long Pigs the other morning on and on. That was not a hit in the States. It was in the UK. K-Rock played it at the time. So it's stuff like that. Yeah. I'm but, still it, but, that's all, but that's all from the 90s. But that was all part of that. When you had stations that were called The Planet and they were The Edge and stuff like that, that's when Alternative was huge. From 91 to 95 or 96, and all those stations died, when Alternative started rolling into new metal that became Linkin Parks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That format died. I'm going to play all eight minutes of it. There's where, and, and again, that's where I'm kind of a purist on, on like the classic hits because you'll have stations that will play the radio edits. Yeah, There are stations out there. I'm one, if you're going to play another brick in the wall, you play all three parts. If you're going to play Twilight Zone from Golden Earring, you don't play the four-minute version. You play the seven-and-a-half-minute version. And there's, that's there's radio edits. The there's terrible radio edits out there of Sweet Child of Mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's terrible edits of Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears, that they take two minutes out of. So it's so radio. Why are you in radio? Why don't you do radio? Why don't you bring something to this? Your level of creativity is not seen in these parts. You definitely stand out. I don't mean that in a bad way. Um <laughs> Matt and I were talking a little bit about this the other night. Yeah, we were talking about you. Not in a creepy way, but. So why uh-huh. aren't you, shut up. So why aren't you uh, doing something like this? Or how do we incorporate you on the radio? Well, um, that might actually be sooner than we think because Paul just reached out to us about doing some ads, reading some ads and stuff. But I've never liked talking on the radio. I like the design. I like being the background person. Like getting the ideas out there, making sure things are functioning. But I also want to try to work my way into a different medium. And just doing this podcast has helped me a lot, just learning how to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not very good at speaking, and I think that I'm not very good at writing either. So my words are always like all over the place. So I've never been comfortable speaking. But now I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone a little bit and learn how to ask questions and listen to you know what other people have to, like have to say and so it's 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 very new for me but i'm not opposed to doing this type of media